Coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. I mean, it's so important to navigate wisely. Um, and as I said, it's great to have passion, but you have to have purpose and you have to have a plan. You know, as I said, although entertainment is my passion, you know, education was my purpose. And that was what I knew I could do well. And you got to make a living. You have to just be really smart with your right. choices. Do you want to learn the tricks that top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help lead to succeed. Picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, episode 87. This episode is sponsored by the Impactful Business Leadership Mastermind. The Mastermind brings together hungry entrepreneurs and business owners who want to scale their business, get their toughest problems solved, learn best practices, and build their networks. Learn more at impactfulcoaching.com forward slash BLM. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Leah Devon. Leah is the executive producer and host of Indie Style, a TV show that reaches an international audience. As an independent recording artist and entrepreneur, Leah is dedicated to creating a positive show that gives successful entrepreneurs an opportunity to shine. She has successfully carved out a unique niche for herself as an independent recording artist, opening for musical acts like Earth, Wind & Fire, Shaka Khan, Destiny's Child, and the Backstreet Boys, just to name a few. Leah's impact reaches even further than the world of entertainment. As an educator for over 15 years, Leah has enhanced the lives of thousands of children through her teaching, both in the classroom and online. She also writes and designs curricula for online English language arts programs. Leah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, this is, this is beyond exciting for me. Uh, most people don't know this, but we actually worked together for three years when I was a head of school in Atlanta. So um, as the great Yogi Berra might have said, it's deja vu all over again. Uh, and it's an oppor- in a great way, an opportunity to chat, which is very, very exciting for me. And, you know, you've done some really interesting things, definitely not the path of the standard educator. I can say that, you know, personally, having seen so many educators and their journeys and whatnot. So, so talk us through a little bit, you know, the education piece moving over specifically to entertainment. What was your journey and, um, and why did you choose this path? Well, to be quite honest, what a lot of people don't know is that the entertainment and education have always gone hand in hand. I mean, I started singing in the church when I was like seven years old. So that entertainment piece has always been something that I've loved. But of course, you know, I come from a college bound family. So of course, education was always in the forefront of what I was going to do. I attended the University of Florida. I knew that I loved children. Initially, I was going to go into child psychology but just decided I was going to be an educator. I wanted to kind of get out there as quickly as I could. While I was in college though, I would perform in like entertainment talent shows and I would sing. So that's, they've actually always kind of gone hand in hand, but to be honest with you, you know, at the end of the day, when we are being professionals, we have to figure out how we're going to make our living. Sure. So, you know, so went into education, was very blessed to be hired, like right out of college. I was so green. Um, teaching, (laughs) but um, have just really always loved teaching. The interesting thing that you may not know is during my summer months, 
I would do music. Hmm. So, you know, I was doing that for many, many years and uh, did quite well for myself as an independent recording artist. Opened up for some really great acts. I was the face for an international jewelry line out in Beverly Hills, you know, had Elizabeth Taylor's team do a photo shoot. Oh, cool. Did some really cool stuff as an independent artist that a lot of people don't think that you can do. Yeah. Um, would teach during the school year, which I loved. And, and did and a fine job at it. I might. I oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. You were wonderful sure. to work for. But just in the summer, I would do my passion. I've always had my hand on the pulse for entertainment because I think in life, you know, you have to be smart in terms of what you're doing with your time. Mm -hmm. I knew teaching was something I loved. I knew that entertainment was my passion. And so the two have just kind of- Yeah, go Gators. So, um, and if I would have known that at morning lineup, I had an all-star like that you know, in oh, my presence so every day, <laughs> I, I, I might've given you the mic, who knows? You are so awesome. I but, love it. <laughs> but I, I do want to talk about something, Leah, if I may, because you talked about passion and, you know, you hear, I hear certainly, and I think a lot of people do sort of mixed messages as it relates to follow your passion. You know, it's very in vogue to say, you know, Steve Jobs and so many others, follow your passion. You'll, you'll never work a day in your life and all of that. And that's great. On the other hand, you kind of came to your passion, maybe not initially, but over time, it almost seemed like you came to it after you had established yourself and you had your core income, your, your, your daily schedule, all the things that were your foundation, your bedrock. And then you used your summer and perhaps other times during the course of the year to follow your passion and to develop it and to eventually get to a point where perhaps it's even surpassing education as your primary source of income, and certainly in terms of how people get to know you. So what advice do you have, Leah, uh, as it relates to that, that balance, let's say, between doing what I need to do because I need to do it, I need a job, I need some kind of income, and the desire to follow your passion and maybe try to make that your primary source uh, of income in your career? Right. Well, you kind of really just said it. I mean, it's so important to navigate wisely. Um, and as I said, it's great to have passion, but you have to have purpose and you have to have a plan. You know, as I said, although entertainment is my passion, you know, education was my purpose. And that was what I knew I could do well. And you got to make a living. You have to just be really smart with your right. choices. And, and I hear what you're saying. Oh, just go out there, be an entrepreneur. But you got to pay your bills. Right. And, you know, like I said, you have to navigate wisely with your choices. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to go into education and I knew I needed to make a living doing something you know, that I loved, you can love your job, but you can still have your passion mm -hmm. and, you know, smart people, you know, this is just some great advice, you know, as you're doing your job, put a little bit of money aside for your passion, you know, have a plan for how you're going to finance your passion, because nothing in terms of business is free. You right. know, you have, to have a website, you have to have social media, those things are going to cost money. So, you kind of have to figure out how to, to marry those two things so that when you want to, you know, leave your nine to five, my, my big thing that I always tell people, you, you have to make an income mm -hmm. in order to pursue your passion, because that's just important to do, unless you are very lucky and you just go straight into your passion. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have to make money, right. you know, at the end of the day, you have to bring in a salary in order, you know, for, for anybody. Yeah. 
a lot of big celebrities are paying for management. They're paying for marketing team. They're paying for all of these things. It doesn't just come for free. Oh, for sure. So, plan yeah, with and, I, and I did not realize that at all. You know, when I first got started, I thought I'd make myself a website. I paid a guy to help me out. I, I paid an annual fee for the, for the basic website. <clears throat> Social media was free in theory, you know, like I don't pay for, uh, for my basic um, accounts. But I never realized if I wanted to scale and do the kinds of things that I do now where people find me and I have real offerings that I could put out there, advertising and mm-hmm. quality graphics and quality, you know, content and all those things, it all adds up. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, if you want to expand your reach, that's just the nature of, of life. So I do agree with you fully. I'd love to talk more about purpose and passion. I think both of them are really important. And sometimes the two can be married. And, and I think that that's great. So let's actually stay on this idea of kind of marrying the two because you're an educator. Let's just say for, for our purposes, educator turned entertainer, mm-hmm. right? I know you maybe had a little bit of entertainer before the educator, but, yeah. but you had both elements to it. So my question to you is, um, what do you see as the overlap between the two? Because in my mind, in my mind, there's a <laughs> tremendous amount, there's a tremendous amount, but I, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah, we are, we, we are entertainers. Teachers are entertainers, you know, and, you know, most of my time in the classroom was spent with the little nuggets, the little ones, you know, kindergarten, first, third grade, the little you had guy. my first grader. I did. He's so <laughs> good boy. Isn't that good? I don't, I don't want to tell you what grade is in them. I know. I'm, I've just, but you have I to did. add a digit. I know. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when you have little kids in front of you, you have to entertain them. You can't just say, here's what you're going to do for the day. You have to be right. an entertainer, a psychologist, a mommy, you know, you, all those things, everything you have to do. You, you really do. And it's so interesting. Literally, it's like you go to work, I would drink my coffee and I'm like, okay, it is showtime. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to figure out how to be energetic. You have to figure out how to be engaging, how to keep their eyes on you, you know, to make them want to come back and say, I really love school. So in entertainment, you got to do the same thing. You have to be interesting enough, appealing enough so people would be engaged. And for me right. doing TV, want to come back and watch my show. So that's kind of how the, the two overlap. You know, it's so interesting because when I do, when I do workshops for, for educators, I, I do it for, you know, for business professionals also. But one of the things when I talk about building relationships, I ask them who, you know, who made the biggest positive impact in their life? Who's the person as you think back? And oftentimes they'll think of family members, but most often they think of teachers, you know, and Mm -hmm. teachers don't often realize how much of an impact they have on kids just by being the role model, by seeing them every day, by demonstrating care and and, and being there for the kids. Not every educator does, but the Mm -hmm. memorable ones, or sometimes the memorable ones are the ones who do the exact opposite, but let's assume the positive for the moment, you know, and, and Henry Adams says a teacher affects eternity. You never know where your impact will end because it's multi-generational. So it, it really is a shout out for all the educators who are listening, for anybody who's doing service-based work. Remember, it's not just a job. I know we've been talking about a job and pur- purpose and passion, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, so number one, your passion will come through and that's critical. People should know how you feel about it because they will feel you, those emotions. They'll feel the vibe. They'll feel the energy. If you're excited about what you do, even if you have to fake it till you make it, it will come right. across. But mm-hmm. if the kids feel like, you know, Miss Brian, Miss Miss Devon's class back in the day, Miss Brian's class Brian, was yeah. was was the class to be in, and they were just excited to see their teacher. And every morning was just this 
this positive energy, then that will carry through. And that I think really does speak, like you said, to entertainment also, because you're just dealing with a different audience. Oh, hundred percent. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, 150%. And it's, it's just really interesting because before I became a mommy a little bit later in life and people used to say, Oh, when you have your son, you're not going to be as energetic and this and that. And it's interesting. It made me even more interesting because if that makes any sense, just because you always want to pay it forward in terms of you pray what you give, you get back. And I always believe if you give a lot of love, you will receive a lot of love. And so I just always kind of felt that with my students, you know, that somebody would do that for my kid. And when I tell mm-hmm. you his teacher this year, mm-hmm. it's amazing. You know, so, it's so interesting to me because I'm, I'm, uh, you know, we all get older every year, but yet my um, commitment to staying young physically is stronger than ever. Um, I have a morning routine exercise. I've talked about it before, but part of it is because of the fact that I've got, thank God, six kids and a family to want to be there for, you know? Mm -hmm. So you talk about having more energy. Sometimes it's a matter of having more purpose in terms of who you are and who needs you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's an important thing. I think for leaders to think about also, because um, we often think, well, we have a company, we have an organization, we're here to do our job, lead it. But if, if you really spend some time thinking about all the people who are dependent on you, mm-hmm. all the people who you can positively inspire, all the people whose life you can change in a really good way, you know, that totally changes the trajectory about how, how we show up. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I yeah. actually want to talk to you about something else. I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of self-promotion, but only because you'll see why in a second. So I wrote this book. It actually is something based off of a lot of the experiences I had. Uh, in Mm -hmm. Atlanta, but you'll notice on the side here, if you can see closely, it says IBI, which is the Indie Indie Books International. Mm. So so that's the name of a company that published my book, obviously. And Mm -hmm. so you are also in the quote, indie space. Mm -hmm. And specifically what I'm wondering, Leah, is what does it mean to be an indie style uh, entertainer? And why have independent entrepreneurs become such a big focus in today's day and age? Right. Well, for me, when I talk about indie, when I say I've been an independent entrepreneur and even when I was teaching, I started to branch out and really do well for myself financially. Um, There's a music conference that's in Palm Beach every year. And three years ago, the gentleman who's over the conference said, can we talk about you during one of our sessions? And I'm like, huh, because I had a management company out in Los Angeles and I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that, because it's amazing what you can do as an independent entrepreneur, because mm-hmm. society really feels like you have to be a celebrity and you have to do this and you have to do that. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole market for independent entrepreneurs to be incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, when I talk about music and television, it's about having that right team behind you to help you navigate to find that success in that indie space. When I was doing independent music, there is a show here in Atlanta called Good Day Atlanta, which was like, you know, our big morning show here in the city. And anytime I had something to promote, they were very kind and they would let me come on their show. Mm. And one day, one of the anchors said, hey, you know, you should do TV. I'm like, that's not my background. He's like, I love what you're doing. And you've done so much as an independent recording artist. You should think about doing TV. I started thinking independent entrepreneur okay, how could I do that? And how could I celebrate independent entrepreneurs? So hence, Indie Style came into fruition because 
many people may not know, I mean, I did really good for myself as an independent artist. I mean, at one point I had Tony Braxton's music band playing for me in Atlanta. I did a lot of great things. I connected myself with a company called Mary Kay Cosmetics, wrote mm-hmm. a song for one of their national directors, did really good for myself. So I was like, there are ways that you can be an independent entrepreneur and shine. So hence Indie Style TV came into fruition. The goal of the show is to find these independent, really you know, successful entrepreneurs that maybe may not be a household name who mm-hmm. are doing great things, introduce them to my audience mm-hmm. and let others learn tips of success and how they're becoming successful in their industry. So that kind of was the reason to navigate into that field because right now businesses, and I would say not just because of COVID, but I really feel like over the past eight to 10 years, people have lost their jobs just because of the economy. We had that big crash back in 2000 and what was that? Eight. Eight. Do you know what I mean? And people were having to like figure out what to do. And I've had guests come on my show. I had a guy who worked for IBM, lost his job, didn't know what to do for eight months, found his grandma's baking recipe. And when I tell you he's making way more money than he did working for a company, now he's working for himself. Mm -hmm. People are trying to figure out what is it that I do good? If you have that entrepreneurial spirit and you don't have a choice, how can you turn that into income for your family? Mm -hmm. I try to find independent entrepreneurs all across the globe in many different genres to let them tell their success stories. And I love that people come on my show and they really give tips for success. You know, they really tell you what to do and how to go and to navigate in that space. So I'm actually very interested in one thing you said, I had a different point I jotted down, we'll get to in a moment. It Mm -hmm. almost feels like an entrepreneurship community, like watching out for each other, promoting each other's successes. Is that something from your perspective that happens, I guess you'd say organically, just talking to other people and getting to know them? How can I support you? Is it because there's been some kind of precedent set, you want to pay it forward? How, how do you see that come together? Because I think in many ways, it exists more strongly in terms of entrepreneurs than almost any other sector that I've encountered. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Because it's just kind of like the world we've shifted into what some people might kind of say survival mode. You know, what is it that I'm going to do? You know, if companies have closed and you're not doing your nine to five or whatever, you know, a lot has changed over the past two years. So in terms of people coming together, I see it more so, as you're saying, more more than ever. And and it's like, we're just stronger, you know, together and with more people. And I think people are realizing that, you know, if you're at the top of your game and you pull somebody up with you, that's just, you're winning. I always say you're winning. Mm-hmm. Um, people are, are getting out of that headspace of, oh, I've worked so hard and I'm not going to help you. I see people changing that mindset more because if you, wherever you are, I always say like, in terms of like in your business, you know, you should have people who are right there with you. You should have that mentor that's up here. That's helping you grow the things you don't know. And if you can pull somebody up while you're navigating, that's what you do. That's a win-win for success. Yeah, it's not a zero-sum game. 
which I think maybe in the past it has been. You've talked about team in a couple of different ways. You obviously just mentioned Stronger Together, but let's talk about your team for a minute because yeah. I'm imagining since you're work, you know, doing a lot of your work, even out of your own home, that your mm -hmm. team is remote, um, that they're doing different kinds of roles, maybe some full-time, maybe some part-time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. tell us some of your, let's call it leadership, but also management uh, tips because, you know, leadership, of course, creates the vision, but the management's important too. You know, we need to make sure things are getting done. So how do you keep tabs on everything you're doing and at the same time find the headspace and the strength necessary as well as the clarity uh, to help others? And then and, and maybe even before that, how do you source your people to mm -hmm. ensure that you don't have to do any more of that work than necessary because they already have a lot of those tools in place? Yeah, I am beyond blessed and lucky when I talk about a team, because when I first started my show, it was just me and a videographer and he moved to another state many years ago. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, I have a cousin who's been in television for over 25 years. Mm -hmm. She's worked at BET. She's worked at oxygen. She's worked for ABC. She's a two-time Emmy nominated producer. Mm. And we, she's on my dad's side of the family. And so we grew up more, you know, my mom's side of the family, cause they were closer. We saw them all the time. So we knew of each other, but we didn't have a relationship. Does that, you know what I mean? Yeah, Not sure, sure. And my sister is like, you need to call her and mm -hmm. see if she'll help you. I'm like, oh, okay. Hi, random cousin. I, I need you to help me. Sometimes we have to do things that make us uncomfortable because that's how you grow. You yep. have to do things that make you uncomfortable. That's how you'll grow. So long story short, rewind like six years. And, you know, I have an amazing producer, amazing producer who is family. So she always has my back. So she was able to also help me find other team members mm -hmm. to help me navigate my show. They are really, <laughs> they're so organized because I am so not, I am just a mess most days. <laughs> I'm so unorganized. I'm I don't want to tell everyone how long it took us to schedule this episode. Oh my that's, Lord. That's a different conversation. I am super unorganized and I can admit that that is not my strength. She's just always like, okay, show up. What do we want to talk about? You know, who are the, entre you know, I do a wish list of guests that I want to do. You know, I have a, a um, coordinator who books my shows, who, you know, does that for me. I was trying to do all those things by myself and it was overwhelming. So basically, you know, you know, I'm the executive producer. I talk about the type of guests I want to bring on. I create the questions that I want to ask because it's more authentic that way. I don't have sure. to have some, you know, do anything like that, but everything else from photo shoots to videos, to uh, graphics, to this, to that, um, I don't do any of that. They are, they, they handle that for me. Cool. So mm -hmm. you, you talked a little bit about this just now, and maybe you didn't even give yourself the biggest compliment as it relates to this, but I'll ask you anyway. So how do you manage to juggle everything, right? You've got the work responsibilities, all the things we've been talking about. You've got family and, um, and a lot of responsibility there as well as a working mom. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that this is a unique challenge to working moms, but I know it's a particular challenge to mm -hmm. working moms. My, my wife has been working for a long time in most cases remotely. Mm -hmm. uh, her job followed her from when we moved from Chicago to Atlanta. It's followed us up to New Jersey since mm -hmm. she actually works in the, in the office right next to me when I'm at home. Mm -hmm. So um, I see what that looks like. And she's constantly going back and forth with the needs of the kids and everything else. 
So what are your secrets to finding a way to show up for everybody who needs you? Um, I'm really lucky. And I will say I have a really supportive husband and it's kind of like, I feel like we do a lot of trade off, <laughs> you know, when I know that he has that open space, that's when I do my show. That's when I do my work. That's when I do my planning. So mm-hmm. we, we trade off if that makes any sense. We kind of sit down and figure out what's the best time to do. Cause I still have a young son. He's mm-hmm. he'll be eight, but he's still, you know, he's still can't let him just hang out and do whatever. Sure. Yeah, definitely not another eight years or whatever. So we plan, we do a lot of family planning as to how we're going to navigate. And then I give my schedule to Mikey, who's my producer and my team. And they're just so great. They work around me, which is a blessing. So when I say I have this great team and it's very small, I kind of give them my schedule and we kind of all figure out how to put the pieces of the puzzle together. It may sound easy, but it's not. I mean, being a working mom, being an entrepreneur, having a young child is hard. And if anybody says, oh, it's easy, they are not telling you the truth. Right. Because it's not. It is really, really hard. Yeah. And I'm glad you're you're demystifying it because, again, I think think in today's world in particular, you know, on the one hand, you talk about entrepreneurship and the new opportunities. On the other hand, I think that there are some real challenges today that are created because of social media, because of media in general, where we have, we have this conception that successful people were maybe born that way. I know you talked about dancing in church when you were seven or something similar, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know that doesn't mean that you haven't had setbacks, failures, challenges, and all of oh us do. So, so tell us, Leah, about one failure in particular that you thought was really going to derail you and how you've overcome that circumstance to become who you are today. Well, I'll tell you, uh, trusting somebody or uh, let's say partnerships where you put a lot of energy into it, which I have that failed and you feel like, or I know I felt like, oh my gosh, I put so much time and energy into this particular partnership and it, 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 was, it was not what I expected it to be. And it was a real big disappointment because you put a lot of time and energy yeah. and then it doesn't work out. So that's really, really exhausting and disappointing, but that's a learning lesson. Sure. You know, all the failures or mistakes that I've made, I try to kind of like say, okay, what can I do better? And also just realizing that you don't have to depend on other people to do certain things that you can do for yourself. You know, like in 2022, I'm getting ready to do something that I'm super excited to do, but it's something a year ago, I've been like, I'm, I can't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So disappointing when you find a partnership or you're working with somebody and you do your part mm-hmm. and then you don't do their part and you just mm-hmm. put so much energy and work and mm-hmm. months <laughs> into right. something that's exhausting. So that's disappointing. Sure. That's and we have busy. to find a way to, to learn lessons from it and simultaneously not blame ourselves mm-hmm. or for the fact that at least in that case, it sounds like there were definite pieces out of your control. Or, or just always put your energy into your business. You should right. never, ever put more energy into somebody else's business versus yours. For sure. That's I agree. not what you should do. <laughs> okay. So we are going to transition now to my favorite segment in some ways, which is the rapid fire, where we have short, quick responses to some interesting questions. And okay. The first one I have for you, Leah, is something cool. And maybe you'll surprise me with this one. Something cool about Atlanta that very few people know. Um, Atlanta has just 
something for everybody, cool and eclectic. I don't know people that don't live here. I know a place called Virginia Highlands, which is so beautiful. You kind of feel like you're in kind of like a Soho, because if you've been to the city of Atlanta, our city is very different from like New York City or Los Angeles. But if you go to Virginia Highlands, you get a piece of, because I love New York City, you get a piece of Soho right here in Atlanta, Georgia. So it's just a really very special place that when I want to go to New York, <laughs> I go to Virginia Highlands because it kind of reminds me of a little piece, a little piece of Soho. Beautiful. And if you're advising somebody on just a good, healthful item, a snack or something else that, uh, that you have in your little, uh, let's call it repertoire, what would be something that uh, gives you energy that just helps you, you know, do your very best? Oh my goodness, help. You don't want my answer. <laughs> they know me at the Starbucks. I am that coffee person in the morning. That's just my get up and go. It may not be so healthy, but it's that one cup. I don't know what it is, but it's just like I wake up. I have to have that one cup of coffee just to kind of get me going. Um, Some of it is a mindset, right? You kind of like just shift. Now, now I'm in work mode. And it's not an addictive thing. It's just a, something that I do. And then at least one day a week, I eat clean, very, very, very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always work out at least four days a week in the morning. Nice. Good for you. So mm-hmm. let's stay on the topic for a moment, a productivity tip. It could be anything. It could be more food related, but anything you do uh, could be an app that helps you get more done. An app. It doesn't have to be an app. I'm just saying a productivity tip of any, of any kind. Um. One thing that I do is that, or what I do at the beginning of each week is I, because I told you I'm super unorganized is kind of write down my goals of what I'm trying to do throughout the week. And I kind of mark them off as Mm. I go. They're actually on my laptop. That's kind of helped me because I told you I'm very unorganized, Mm -hmm. but that's something I started doing about six months ago, just on Monday. These are the goals that I need to do throughout the week. And it's kind of in front of me for being an unorganized person, it's helped. Excellent, yeah. And you've given us so much. And so I would love for Lead to Succeed Nation to get to know you better, uh, to to check you out on so many different levels. How can everyone find you and uh, and connect with you? Well, everything via social media is Indie, I-N-D-I-E, Style, S-T-Y-L-E, TV, Indie Style TV. Okay, easy enough. So Leah, you've given us a lot, but um, I, I usually get greedy at about this point in my mm-hmm. recording. And I mm-hmm. ask my guests for one final life lesson, something that you've called from your many experiences that can help us end this segment, you know, in the, ver- in the most inspired way possible. When I, this is just an entrepreneur tip, and I actually got this from my sister who is very successful in her industry. The successful entrepreneurs do not quit. They do not quit. Oftentimes when it gets really hard and you're like, I just know I can't do it. That's a difference (laughs) between those that stop and those that keep going. It's going to be hard, but even though you're at the bottom or you feel like you're at the bottom, that's, that's going to separate those that succeed in their business versus those who don't. So you just have to keep, got to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing. You have to believe in yourself. No one's going to believe in you more than you believe in yourself. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Well, Leah, it's been an absolute pleasure. So nice catching up with you after a really long time. And um, I look forward to getting this out there soon and uh, hopefully maintaining that connection. I have to find out what's on the horizon for 2022. So you've already piqued my interest there. Um, So Indie Style TV, that's the place to be. 
In the meantime, have a fantastic day and we'll be in touch. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you can lead to succeed. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Your feedback gives the show more social proof and encourages more folks to listen. 